Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode number 14. It's a fun one. It is so fun. We have a special guest. Yep. Uh, her name is Savannah Chrisley. Super excited. Yep. That name should ring a bell with you. If not, she is a reality TV star, entrepreneur, and just all-around fantastic person, isn't she? Yeah, she's awesome. She's been on the show. Uh, her whole family is on the show, Chrisley Knows Best. Yep. Um, and she had a, they have a spinoff show, um, Growing Up Chrisley, yep. with just the kids. And, man, it, reality TV is a part of her life, but... She is so much more than that. She's got a makeup line. She's just doing awesome things. And to top it off, she's kind and loving and generous. And man, she was she was really cool to get to know. Awesome. We just interviewed her. And you know, what's interesting is um her her whole life hasn't been super easy. Right. Yeah. She's been, I mean, yes, she, tremendous success and millions of followers and all that stuff, but she's gone through some brutal criticism. Um, tabloid stuff, all kinds of stuff, you know, always people wanting to say something. And, um, you know, the problems she's had aren't that different than ours on a different scale, on a different platform. Right. But uh, I learned a lot just having this conversation with her. I've known her for years, and I'm really proud of her and how she's handled all that. Mm-hmm. And um, she wouldn't say she's handled it all perfectly. Nobody does, but she's handled it really she's well. She's done really well. And uh, we have a really fun conversation. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about just progress over perfection and some other great things that I think will be really helpful. So yeah. I think you guys will love this. Uh, as always, we want to remind you to share and rate, subscribe. That helps us out so much. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and just being able to continue to do this podcast. And also, most of you know, we also record these for YouTube. A, a good number of you just listen to them. But some of you watch them on YouTube. And sometimes we put bonus material there. Yeah. And Jordan does a bonus interview with Savannah that will only be on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Pete was doing the main interview just because it's easier one-on-one. Yeah. And um, I was like, hey... I want to talk to her. So um, I had some fun <laughs> questions that I wanted to ask that are a little more like lighthearted. So check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, good, good talk with Pete and Jordan is how you find the channel. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, awesome. Well, uh, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Savannah Chrisley. Savannah, it's so awesome to have you here in the living room. <laughs> Uh, That's awesome. It's been a while since we've uh, caught up, but I'm just so excited to have people get to know you a little bit. A lot of people obviously know you. Yes. You've been through eight seasons of this show now, Chrisley Knows Best, which is... Did you you think when it first started that it would go eight seasons? I didn't. You know, something that was told to us very, very early on was, first off, it's really hard to have a reality show. Hundreds get pitched to different networks, yep. production companies, and nine times out of 10, they all get axed. Like it's just how it is. And I truly do think that it was a God thing because this show came along right when, you know, my dad's business went downhill, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff was happening. And then this came about. So it was such a great transition yeah. into something completely different. And we went into it as a family and we were like, you know what? We're going to try this. The first two weeks were disastrous. They used <laughs> no footage whatsoever from it. And then we just kept it going. I think it was it was a shock to us all because... 
we didn't really know how it worked. You know, you see the Kardashians, you see all these seasons that they have, and then it kind of just like kept going and going, and then it was airing on E! and Bravo and USA, and it was like one of the first shows to have ever done that. So we were kind of like a test for a lot of different things. And it just kept going. And we were like, you know what? I guess we'll do it as long as people are watching. So That's awesome. What, what did you think when they came to you and said, hey, we want to do kind of a spinoff of this called Growing Up Chrisley, which is really just focused on primarily yeah. you and your brother, right? So that that was another really exciting thing because I feel like it's been so hard for people to, you know, when I started doing the show, I was about to turn 16. Mm-hmm. And... That was, you know, so people basically saw us grow up on TV and it's been so hard for people to now see me at 23 as a 23 year old. Like I still have people coming they're like, why would your dad let you wear that? I'm like, you do realize I'm 23 years old. (laughs) Like he does, Uh, there's like, I moved out on my own at 17. There's no, he's not controlling much. So growing up, Chrisley was a good way to kind of venture out to show people different you know, aspects of our life and to show that, you know, we still do struggle with some of the same things everyone else struggles with just because we're on TV or we're, I hate using the term, but celebrities, whatever you want to say, it doesn't mean that we don't struggle with things. You know, I had different business ventures that I tried that just didn't work out, but most people think, oh, you're on TV. They work out. Yeah. Not how it works. So we definitely got to dive into some of that. And, you know, Chase and I were 14 months apart. So that's also. Yeah, totally. That's a hard thing in itself. Yeah. My sister and I are 13 months apart. <laughs> oh, so I know God. all about that. Yeah, it's a lot. And yeah. it's also boys and girls, very different. But it's just, I mean, it's it's fun. And yeah. too, to be able to say that, like, my job is to work with my family. I mean, that's a blessing in itself. So Totally. What's been your favorite part about being a part of this show and growing up literally on television? And then, yeah. you're, you know, the follow-up to that is going to be what's been the most challenging thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, Grayson, he's the baby, yep. and he is, he'll be 15 in May. That's crazy. And the craziest part about this whole thing, Grayson was like four or five when all of this started. And so we look back at the first episodes, he's still in like a car seat and, you know, it's moments like that to where it's literally like our own home movies. And, you know, my grandmother, she's 75 years old. We're not going to have her forever. I mean, if there's, I'm, trust me, I'm looking at all kinds of medicine, all these different IV therapies (laughs) that are supposed to like fix the aging of your cells. I'm like, no, we're keeping you forever. Like we're going to Benjamin Button all this. (laughs) So I think it's just having those memories forever. And I think like when I have my kids, I mean, you know, your kids have looked at you and like, why are you like, you're not cool. You're not fun, whatever. Like I'm going to be able to pull up these videos and be like, excuse you. I am very cool. (laughs) Like, look at this. So it's just having these memories that like no one can ever take. I love that. Most challenging thing. I think just having the opinions of like millions of people Mm. coming your way. And I think you know, some of the toughest times for me were between that, like, 16 to 18, 19. For sure. Um, and that's when the show, I mean, it truly started picking up traction, but also just social media. Yep. Like, it's the most hateful thing in the world. And I like to say that, like, if it wasn't my job, I probably wouldn't have it. Um, mm. And I do. I try to use my social media as best as I possibly can. But it's also really hard because people, they just say the most hateful things, the most 
you know, and it's hard because when people touch on something that you're already insecure about, mm. it hits different. Yeah. You know, like yep. if you're not insecure about something, if you know you've got great hair, you've got great something, then you're like, oh, that doesn't bother me. I know it's right. great. But if you're already insecure about something, it's extremely hard. And especially during that 15 to 18 year old, you know, age group. For sure. Because I feel like that's such a pivotal time and just learning who you are and trying to figure out your place in this world. And that was really, really difficult. Mm. Um, And I did. I let a lot of it kind of define me and change different things that I would say or do to try to fit in and to try to, you know... I saw the Kardashians and they have all this fame because they do this, that, and the other. But I had to realize like that's for them to do. Yeah. That's not my role. That's yeah. not the message that God meant for me to give. Like their success isn't my success yeah. and vice versa. And it took a lot of time. It took a lot of time, a lot of therapy, a lot of just everything. I mean, I went to on site. I think a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was the most life-changing thing I think I've ever done. Yeah, And I think that was kind of a big turning point for me. Wow. And truly just digging deep. And a lot of the stuff that we started doing there, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why am I doing this? You know, like they had me drawing all kinds <laughs> of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to draw. And as I'm drawing things, I'm like, and you look back at it, I'm like, what? Like, you kind of, it like, you're just speechless because you're, you don't realize all the things that have been built up in you that you're struggling with. And at the end of my whole experience, my counselor was like, do you want to go outside and like burn all of this? And I was like, no, I'll just throw it away. And then something in me said, you know what, go outside and burn it. And I use the exact same markers, the exact same paper for everything. And this one paper of just like very, just difficult moments in life I threw them all in at the same time. It was yeah. the last one to burn and wow. it was just slowly burning. And it was such a therapeutic thing for me. And it just showed that like everyone walks into life with so many different hardships and adversities and things that they've gone through that no one knows about. Mm. And that's what I like to think of whenever I'm speaking to someone. Don't go off of what you hear from someone else, what someone yeah. else has told you about someone because you truly don't know. That's right. You know, and that is what I wish more people would learn is to just have more grace. Yeah. Because we live in a world that is so not grace filled. That's right. And everyone's just throwing stones from so many different directions. And I never want to be the person to throw the last stone to someone. Yeah. And That's good. You know. That's really good. Heck, you jumped like six questions ahead <laughs> I know. on me. I'm a talker. I'm uh, sorry. No, 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 no. This is good. And I, I want to go a little bit deeper with that. Uh, but I, I want to start with this. So I met you four or five years ago. Uh, I was pastoring a church here in Nashville that you started attending. Got to know you a little bit. Uh, I got to baptize you. Yes. I still yes. have that picture. I, I know. I, so do I. That was I. A, really, a really cool moment. Uh, and so I started to get to kind of know you. That's mm-hmm. when, I mean, you were already in it. You were already this reality TV star, this up-and-coming entrepreneur. You're starting to try all these different things mm-hmm. from clothing lines to makeup to all this stuff and was kind of watching this trajectory happen. And it, it hasn't, a, a lot of times, someone in that reality TV show world, 
th- that window of fame is pretty small. Yeah. For the mo- I mean, you know, if you were talking about someone on The Bachelor, they're looking at, you know, a year or two, maybe. Exactly. But what you guys have done, it's lasted a long time. And it's, which is good mm-hmm. in, in many ways. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. But it's also provided some unique challenges. And yeah. so what I'd love to do is I'm going to kind of walk through a couple of things. I want to talk a little bit more about how you deal with that criticism. Because mm-hmm. I've seen that criticism come your way and I've watched you handle that extremely gracefully. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something we can all learn yeah. about that. I want to talk to you a little bit about how this past year has been very difficult on you. And what's some of the growth that's come out of that? How have you dealt with that? And then I want to wrap up by just talking about some of your just personal growth in life. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let me, I'm going to start with the criticism part since you already kind of went there. Yeah. But you were, you were 15 years old when this whole journey started. Yeah. And at 15 years old, you had people like, providing all kinds of opinions. And you actually said this in an interview. You said, being on TV since I was 15, you have all these people on the outside giving you their opinions on what they think you should look like, what you need to eat, what you shouldn't eat, and it truly wears on you. Mm -hmm. So at 15 years old, like, how did you handle that? You know, I didn't really handle it that well. (laughs) I'm really good at, like, putting on a smile, you know, no one could ever tell. And, you know, luckily my parents, they're the greatest human beings in the entire world. Never in a million years have I had to like second guess or ask myself, like, where are they? Are they going to be there for me? Are they, I always knew they were going to be there. The closeness we see on the show is it's true. You guys really are that type. Honestly, more than that, like a lot of people find it weird, honestly, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't need any friends. Like the friends I have are my family. And granted, I have like a handful of like best friends, but that's really it. Um, Because I've learned you just can't really trust people. You Mm. can't, you know, heck, you can barely trust your family sometimes. (laughs) So like (laughs) my family that I have, like we're close. But, you know, at 15, when you're telling, when you have someone telling a young girl who's already, you're going through puberty, you're already struggling with all these things. Mm. And, you know, the comments about, you know, eating and your body image and all that, it truly did take a toll. And I realized that when I moved out on my own and I was just super, I had an unhealthy fixation on like working out and Mm -hmm. I literally would work out twice a day and eat once a day. It was, Mm. I mean, it was borderline an eating disorder and I was 109 pounds at almost like five, eight. And that was, I look back and I'm like, I don't even like looking at those photos Mm. because I looked so unhealthy, but that was because I was at a time in my life to where I was just running. You know, and I wasn't truly, I wasn't at the place where I'm at now to where I look at people and I'm like, it must be, you must be really sad. Like something must be going on in your life for you to say something so hateful. But at the time at 15 to 18 years old, you're like, something's wrong with me. Yeah. When in reality, when someone's saying something negative to you, it's them projecting their own hurt. Mm. And that's what I had to learn was it's nothing about me. And at the end of the day, as long as I feel good about myself, it really, who cares what you say? Yeah. You know, and I did, I will say, I definitely handled it a little better because I didn't grow up in a household to where we were coddled, mm. you know, like we, with my dad, like he's going to tell you how it is, <laughs> he, calls you know? it out, he? <laughs> he does, he calls it out. And for that, I'm thankful because 
it takes a lot to hurt my feelings. And like, even if you hurt my feelings, it's not for very long. So for that, I'm grateful, but you know, it just, the criticism's hard. And I feel like it comes at everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're on TV or not. I mean, kids in school these days are so, so mean and hateful. And I've seen it with Chloe, my niece, who my parents have full custody of and have since she was, I mean, they've had her since she was six months old. And she went to school at a private school around town. And she is, she's biracial and literally kindergarten. Kids looked at her and said, your skin is the color of my poop. Unbelievable. Five years old. And so that's, kids are taught this from such a young age and they're taught these things at home. And one comment like that can have an impact on someone's life for the rest of their life. And we're dealing with it still with her in therapy as as a child Mm. like that. So to me, it's just, I think for anyone that's listening, deal with your own issues. Because if you don't, you project them onto other people. I even look back at those times to when I was struggling and maybe things that I said to people. And I was like, you know what? I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that. People who were just kind of part of my self-destruction, you know, and I've even found myself over the past couple of years going to people and saying, you know what? I really messed up. Mm. Like I really, I remember I was, you know, heck, I was in a very terrible relationship years and years ago. And then we broke up and then I went out on a date, a couple dates with this other guy and he was like head over heels and was like all in it. And I really did him wrong, Hmm. like really did him wrong. And I found myself years later going back and apologizing and saying, you know what? I'm so sorry that you had to be part of my self-destruction because you didn't deserve that. And you are such a good person. And at the moment at that time, I wasn't. That's huge to own that though. Yeah. I mean, it is, that's huge. And I I love I love that you wrapped this around because you're right. You know, when you got a million followers like you, sure, the criticism is multiplied. But the 15 year old girl that, you know, has 36 followers, if six of those followers say something mean, it's, it's the same impact, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and we have to. We have to find a way to be more kind to one another and also be more kind to ourselves. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you've uh, read or heard about Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. I love her work. And I found this quote because when I was reading through some of the stuff that you've gone through, this really jumped out at me. She she wrote this. She said, there are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never once step foot in the arena. They will never once put themselves out there, but they will make it their full-time job to hurl criticism and judgment and really hateful things towards us. Mm -hmm. And then she said this, and this is where I thought about you. I want you to hear this. She said, we have to get out of the habit of catching them, dissecting them, and holding them close to our hearts. We have to let them drop to the floor. Don't grab the hurtful stuff from the cheap seats that pull it close. Don't pull it anywhere near your heart. Just let it fall to the ground. That is awesome. I'm like, that's it. That's, you know, that's, that's what you did in certain seasons. It's what I do in certain seasons. It's you got people from the cheap seats hurling stuff at you. The temptation is to grab it, to dissect it, mm-hmm. to pull it close to your heart, and it impacts you. And the reality is don't don't touch it. 
let it fall to the floor, walk away from it. Like you said, yeah. it has nothing to do with you. This yeah. is everything to do with them. And they have to work through that. You can't even do that for them. They have to yeah. do that work on their own. And sometimes I feel like when people are hurling those things at you, I've even had it happen with people in person, people that are close to me, people, you know, yep. heck, Chase and I, 14 months apart, but you know, we're in very different seasons of life. And there have been times to where we're arguing. And sometimes you just have to grab someone and hug them and just be like, you know what? I love you. Like, I still love you. And I'm here. And sometimes that's all that it takes for then someone to step back and sit and reevaluate. That's good. I I know that you understand the power of words and the importance of speaking kind words. Uh, You went on an Instagram rant the other day. You're a great Instagram (laughs) follow. I'm not going to tell anybody that they should. They they already follow you more than likely, but you really are. And you went on this Instagram rant about The Bachelor. And there was uh, Jordan and I happened to be watching uh, that evening as well. Uh, And there was it was an episode where. There were a group of girls that were just extremely harsh on this one girl. Yeah. And you went on this rant, and basically it was a great rant where you're just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, what what is this about? Because, and too, I do have to say, after sitting and thinking, I'm like, you know what? It is reality television, so chances are they made it worse than sure. it really was. Sure. But at the same time, those words still came out of your mouth. Yep. And in the tone, that's the one thing I've had to learn over the years is tone is everything. Mm, tone matters. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's like tone matters. And watching these girls and just the way that they were attacking this other girl. And for me, I'm like, you know what? You don't know. Like I said, you don't know what someone else is going through. You mm. know, her dad's at home with yep. ALS with a very short life expectancy. So that those girls didn't know that going into that. And then afterwards, you know, we saw the one girl who had some negative things to say at the beginning. And then she went back in and she made that wrong. Right. And to me, I was like, there's so much to be said for that. I don't care what you did in the beginning to wrong someone. You were a big enough person to turn around and say, you know what? Like, I see where you're coming from. And I think that's where people are so wrapped up in today's day and age is wanting to be famous, wanting to have those Instagram followers and those, you know, that quick five minutes, whatever it is. And it's just not worth it. Mm. If you're going to get all of these followers for being the mean girl or the, you know, people following you just to hear the crazy stuff that you say or the hateful things that you say that's not cool right yeah where does that like where does it go exactly it goes nowhere and you're eventually going to be left feeling empty and lost and that is not for me i've always looked at the whole tv thing as i'm here to be a role model for so many younger girls and i would be doing a disservice to parents and these kids if i was acting a way that I shouldn't be acting. Yep. And it's that is a big burden to carry. Mm. And that's what my dad has tried to he's like, you just be twenty-three. You yeah. know, he's like, please just be twenty-three sometimes. He's like, you, if you make mistakes, you make mistakes. He was like, that's what life is about. Yep. But you know, I, I am very hard on myself in that aspect. 
but it's just that show i i mean heck i watch it so i'm a sucker <laughs> they've got me but i'm just like please just be nice to yeah, each other this nice. is terrible no it was good i i, I appreciate what you said it was, it was spot on um all right let me change gears yep. i want to i want to talk a little bit about some of the difficult seasons you've been in and um you haven't hid from that. You've been very honest mm-hmm. and upfront about some of the difficulties, some of the challenges you've been through. Uh, the past year's been difficult, even some health challenges. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about some of those challenges and, and what you're learning from them. Yeah, I think, you know, life is full of, like, ups and downs. Yeah. We would be kidding ourselves if we were like, everything's great. You know, and I try to show the good and the bad through social media, but also, I do show a lot of good. You know, there's yeah. a lot of bad that I keep out of it. Sure. Just because people are hateful. So I, if I'm struggling, I don't want you to go ahead and pile onto it even more. But, I mean, over the years, there's been so much to come my way. Whether it's, you know, family issues or, you know, relationship stuff, health stuff, or just everything going on in our world it's so there's so much heaviness to it that you just sometimes it's like you just don't know how to get through the day and I was talking to one of my best friends and she had gotten into an argument with a girlfriend of hers because her friend was like you just haven't checked in on me Hmm. and I told my friend I was like but that's okay I was like because you're doing all that you can do To just get yourself through the day. And that's what I think we all need to realize, especially with everything in this past year, with COVID and just the uncertainty of everything. Like, just because someone doesn't check in on you regularly doesn't mean that they don't love you or that they don't care about you. They may just be doing all that they can do for themselves. And that's just kind of the, you know, that's the people I surround myself with that make the hardships so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm quiet, the people who truly know me are still like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I love you. Or I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you. You know, it's good. one of my best friends in the entire world, Chad, like, he just knows me, knows how I am. And when I'm struggling, he knows. But it's just, and he doesn't give up. That's the thing. When mm. you love someone, you don't give up. Yeah. And it's just, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you. I may not respond, but like, you still send the message. Yeah. Because everyone communicates differently. Everyone copes with things differently. And I think that's what I've truly spent this last year learning is that, I mean... I'm not always right. You know, I like to think I'm always right. I may get that from my dad, but I've spent this last year truly kind of like dissecting people. And just because I feel a certain way about a situation or I handle something a certain way, doesn't mean that everyone does. And for me, I'm kind of like an over communicator and that's because it's how I was raised. Like Mm -hmm. if something was going on, my dad, literally his office, he'd like make us sit there. And if we didn't want to talk about it, he's like, I can sit here all day. And literally, <laughs> I was the hard-headed one. And but I avoiding would it there. was never an option. Yes, avoiding it was never an option. And, but in life, you're faced with people who don't communicate. Yeah. And so sometimes it's really hard and frustrating. And, but you have to take a step back and think everyone 
is the way they are for certain reasons. You know, like everyone has been hurt in certain like aspects of life and that's why they deal with things differently. And I've just, I don't know, I haven't allowed the hurt that I've gone through. My dad has always told me in every circumstance in life, don't be the victim, mm. be the victor. And that's what I've lived with because no one wants to have a victim mentality with things that they go through in life. Yep. And because all that does is weigh you down and pull you back. Yep. So from every negative thing I've gone through, it's just about taking that and finding the one positive from yep. it. Because I know I still remember a conversation that we had years ago of just, you know, there was a point in my life where I was like, all right, God, like, why me? Like, if you exist, why me? Mm -hmm. And literally in a matter of like a day, it was like, okay, why not me? You know, what makes me any better than anyone else to have to yep. go through things in everyday life that other people are going yep. through? And so I just think that, like, God has a reason for everything. Mm. Like, everything in life, you will eventually know the reason for it. Yeah. And it's going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger if you allow Him to work in your life. That's good. I, I think you've discovered, and I, I think what I hear you saying is there, there's going to be a purpose behind the pain. Mm -hmm. And you may not know the purpose in that moment. You may not even know it two months down the road. Yeah. But eventually... If, if you pull yourself out of that victim mentality, yeah. you're going to see there was a purpose in that pain. It, it grew you in a way uh, that you couldn't have grown without it. it For it, sure. It's, it's, it's not just a pain. It's not just a circumstance. It's a teacher in life. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying a lot lately that I, I don't... I don't view life anymore as if it's something that's happening to me. Life is happening for me. It's happening yep. for me, and it's teaching me along the way. And the more I can see it that way, man, it, it is the game changer. It does. It is. And it's not to say to not let yourself feel those feelings, because I feel like there have been times in my life to where I haven't allowed myself mm. to feel the feelings, and it's caused me to be hard in certain aspects of my life. And now I'm having to go back and kind of fix those things yep. because no one wants to, you know, have any, you know, a friendship or no one wants to have anyone in their life that's like their heart is hard or they're emotionally hard or, you know, oh, you can do whatever you want to me, but I'm fine. Like right. that's not a positive quality to have. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of having to correct myself now. But life's about learning, you know, yep. and everyone makes mistakes, everyone. And that's my biggest thing is just God doesn't give up on you. You can that's who you go to when you have no one else to go to that's who you go to and that's the person that will understand you better than anyone else and will give you more signs and more help than anyone else ever could that's awesome i love that and that's that's been one of the most exciting things for me is to watch you grow to to see you go through the things that you've gone through and come out of it not bitter but better and to just watch you kind of and it's unfortunate at times that you've had to grow up in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's still a beautiful thing. And you put up a post the other day, and I love this. You said, I want to be remembered for my kindness, for showing up, for giving second chances, for acknowledging my own toxic traits, and for loving selflessly. Mm -hmm. And I loved everything about that. And I, I can see that, by the way, in you. I see those traits coming out. But I want to ask you about the acknowledging my own toxic traits because I think I think that's challenging for anybody. I've seen that in my own life. There are toxic traits that sometimes it, it's almost like we're, we have a blind spot to it. We just can't see it, and we need other people 
around us to call those things out. Mm -hmm. And herein lies, in my opinion, a challenge for someone like yourself, because I'm not saying I've seen this in you, but I've walked alongside some other people who have, maybe you would call it celebrity status, they have a lot of money, have a lot of fame, they're pretty much in charge of everybody around them, right? And they don't necessarily have people in their life who can help them call out toxic traits or unhealthy mm-hmm. things that are going on. So in your life, and I'm, I'm guessing it's your family, like who is it that that's around you who can say, Savannah, that's, that's not healthy or that's toxic or because we're all going to you know, get off course from time to time. Yeah. You know, I think we live in a time to where if you don't agree, like if you don't say what I want you to say, or you don't agree with what I'm saying or doing, then you don't need to be in my life, you know? And I look at life so differently than that. I, you know, my family is obviously my biggest support system, but the relationship that my dad and I have, it's literally like, I mean, he's my best friend in the entire world. He knows things fathers should not know. He just like, that's the relationship that we have. And the way that he's just, he's always been my number one fan. But at the same time, when I'm acting a way that I shouldn't, or I say things that I shouldn't, he's like, hold up. Like, what makes you think that's okay? Hmm. Like, why do you think it's okay for you to say or do that? Or you're not acting like the daughter that I know you are, Hmm. or you're not acting like the woman I know I raised and things like that. I think our relationship just over the years, it's, it was so crazy to see it going from like a parent child relationship to a like friend relationship. Right, right. And it's been the greatest thing in the world because it's caused me to take some steps back because someone can be your biggest fan while also call you out That's right. on the things that you're just not doing that they know you're capable of so much more. Yep. And for me, at first it was hard, you know, because I was like, why are you saying all these things? Like, you think everything I do is great, you know? And he's like, it's not because I don't love you. I'm saying these things because I do love you. Mm. And that's, for me, that's the biggest thing. And normally, you know, you said something about, you know, you know, people who kind of are in control of everything in their life and you're not sure if they have people that tell them these things. And I think... That's the thing. If you're in control of everything in your life, something may not be right Mm. because you're not allowing people in to maybe give you the criticism to grow or grow with you Yeah. because I don't want the burden of having everything on me of controlling everything. You know, I want to have a partner who we're doing it together and that's where I have to take a step back. And kind of work on my control freak issues because I do like controlling a lot of things. And it's just about catching those things, having people tell you them. And, you know, about the part in the quote about giving second chances. I feel like with people that you love, you're going to give a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Like you're going to give a gazillion chances too because you just don't give up on people. And people aren't disposable. And in today's day and age, that's how people are treated. Like they're yeah. disposable. We can always find better, more attractive, more whatever. We yeah. can always find something different. And life just doesn't work that way. That's you know, so sometimes people just need a little bit more help. Yep. That's good. You, you mentioned something about it's been fun to watch your own relationship with your dad transition into like a friendship. And you you define something there probably without even realizing it, something your dad's done that 
I, I, I want to learn from as, as a dad who has kids that are getting older is that what has to happen is in a, in a parental position is early on, it's all about positional influence. Mm-hmm. I'm your dad. Do it because I'm your dad, right? Yeah. What happens though, as your kids get older is the positional influence carries a lot less weight, right? Because yes. you're transitioning into adulthood. And so and it's very difficult too. my parents have said when your kids have money of their own yes. and they don't need to come to you right. and they say, can't hold that over you exactly. anymore. Right. So you don't have the money to hold over. You don't have the title. So you have to transition from positional influence to relational influence. Mm-hmm. But to do that, there have to be deposits made into that relationship. And that's what your dad has done. That has allowed him to continue to have influence. In For sure. Life. I think one of the most of like one of the things that has always stuck with me that he always said to us was, I'm here to be your dad, not your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. he always said, I'm not looking to be cool in your eyes. I'm not looking, you know, you can hate me today if you want to, yep. you can, but I know I'm doing right by you. Yep. And I look now and I'm like, you saved me from a lot of things I would regret. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like totally. you not letting me go to parties, you making me be home at a certain time. You like using your best judgment has helped me. That's and awesome. you know, heck, people are probably going to listen to this podcast in the car with their kids. And it's, you know, for their kids that are listening, like your parents really do want what's best yeah. for you. You know, yep. in the moment, it's so hard to see it. But now, I'm so thankful for all the times I was told no. That's good. That's so good. Um, This past summer, you did an interview with People Magazine. And in the interview, you said you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect in fear of letting people down. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that, and my heart sunk a little bit for you because I understand that pain. Uh, I've spent the vast majority of my life a people pleaser Mm -hmm. who really my happiness was dependent on making other people happy, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember um, real early on when you started going public about your faith, and I remember you putting up the picture of me baptizing you, and I remember I had this fear for you. And my my fear was that there were going to be people who started to try to hold you to a level of accountability that wasn't even going to be fair. Yeah. Because I, I, I've been in the Christian world a long time, and there's some beautiful things about it, but there's also some really difficult things. Yeah. And I've seen Christians hold other notable people to a standard that's just, you know, I, I think you were 19 at that time, and I remember thinking and just like praying, like, Lord, please let everybody remember she's 19. And that, I will say, that the way that you just put it is so true because— I don't know. I think the way that I look at Christianity, which I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever, but it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect, you know, like, and that's the way people look at it. They're like, oh, you're a Christian. You don't do anything wrong. You, you know, and even other Christians are like, oh my gosh, why would you, you know, they're the first ones to judge. And for me, it's not saying I'm going to be perfect. It's not saying I'm not going to make mistakes. You know, I'm a dad at my own at 17. And yeah. so that was a very difficult time between the issues I was having with my self-image and just, you know, depression of some sort and all of these things. Of course, I definitely tried drinking at an early age. I yep. did all of these things. And luckily, you know, I never did anything that I regret. But at the same time, like you said, posting that and do and claiming that, you know what, like I am a Christian, I have accepted Jesus into my heart is a very, 
you're doing something that's so vulnerable, but at the same time, it is held against you, which is so hard because I feel like as a Christian, we would have so many people along for the amazing ride that we're on if you would just learn to like have grace and to not speak at people and to truly learn people's stories and why they believe what they believe. And, you know, I saw people to this day that are like, oh my gosh, someone needs to be like, have holy water spread all over them. They're like terrible human beings. And I'm like, okay, but that's not your position to judge. (laughs) You know, like it's just hard and it's a double-edged sword. And you kind of, you know, I think for me, I've definitely focused on not reading a lot of comments But also, anytime I do post something about my faith, it's such a good time to, you never know who you can influence. So to me, it's worth all the negative things in the world if I influence just one person to maybe try out the journey that I'm on. Yeah. And and, and what you were saying when you were coming out publicly about your faith is you weren't making a statement of, hey, I'm good, I'm perfect. Yeah. All you were saying is, I'm forgiven. Yeah. That's it. It wasn't about I'm good. Christianity is not about I'm good. It's about I'm forgiven. It's actually about kind of like how imperfect you are. Yeah. But totally. still how perfect yeah. you are. It's the yep. craziest most and I've said there are times, you know, I'm guilty just like a bunch of other people have kind of only go into God when like the going gets tough. Sure. You know, because it's hard sometimes when everything's going good, like, oh, life's great. But Who's the one person you turn to when you kind of, you're like in the dumps, you don't know what to do. For me, you know, I turn to my Bible, I read the word, I read quotes in scripture and I do all of these things. And for me, that was kind of, you know, I grew up, my grandfather's a Southern Baptist minister and I grew up that way, went to a private Christian school, did all of these things, but I believed in that because that's what I was told to believe in. And I hit that point in my life where it was like, you know what, I want to believe in something for me and because I truly feel it. And when I came to church and heard you speak and it just kept bringing me back and I came by myself, I kind of made that commitment to come by myself to have that time for me. And the things that you would say were not speaking at me you know like you were speaking to me and I felt like I was the only one in the room and it truly it wasn't one of these things of all right I'm just gonna read scripture and you're gonna understand it you know it was how is how does this apply to your life and it's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to mess up and it's okay to be a human and I think that's what more people need to realize because Life's hard. It is hard. And we are human and we are going to mess up. You know, illustration, you may have heard me say this before, but I I love this. I I talk about when my kids were learning how to walk, right? And if you've ever been around a little kid that's trying to learn to walk, it's like they take one step and then they splat, right? And you go nuts as a parent. Like you're so excited about that step. You know, you're going to record it. You're going to post it on social media. You're going to bake a cake. It's like you celebrate that. And the next day, day they take three steps and crash. And the next day, maybe it's four steps and crash. And I think back to watching my kids learn to walk. I don't, I don't, I never counted the falls, Mm-hmm. I just counted the steps, right? I just celebrated the steps. I didn't worry about the falls. I never looked at one of my kids and was like, what's the matter with you? Why can't you walk? Like mm-hmm. other people can walk. Like I can walk. Why can't you walk? I, I never had that. And I want more people to understand that when our Heavenly Father, when God looks at us, He looks at us in the same way. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's not 
fixated on your falls. He's just celebrating your steps. Mm -hmm. Now, we're fixated on our falls. People follow us on social media. They're pretty fixated on the falls, Uh, right? But we're we're like all worried about the falls. And God's like, what what fall? I I forgave you as far as the east is from the west. I don't even remember that. I'm just celebrating your steps. And I think the more that we can just celebrate each other's steps and progress. Mm -hmm. You actually said this in an interview. You said... It's about progress, not perfection. And I think you might have been talking about health, but it applies to health. It also applies to spirituality. It applies to life. It is about progress, not perfection. And you're spot on with that. And I think to the degree that you and I can do that with each other, we can do that with other people. We know that everyone listening to this can do do that with each other and just celebrate the steps. Don't be so focused on people's falls. Exactly. And I think if we look at people and I feel like a lot of times you immediately try to figure out what's wrong with someone. Yeah. You know, like you immediately are like, okay, what's like, and I'm even guilty of that. But instead of doing that, like, why can't we look at someone and be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome about you. Like, that's an awesome trait about you because the more you celebrate people, the more, like I said, you never know what someone else is going through. So just, I, I've had people, it was one time, I think it it was a veteran that commented on my social media and was like, I was going to, I was planning on taking my life yesterday, but after you posted the quote that you posted, it, it completely changed my life. Wow. So you don't realize like one word that you could say to someone could change their entire sure. life. Yep. And that's just what it's about. It's, you know, I will say this whole, you know, fame thing, it's definitely come at a slower pace for me, I feel like for Mm -hmm. my family, but that's also because we've chosen to not change who we are and what we believe in just to have more money or more people following us or, you know, and good things take time. And I think, you know, with, like I said, with kids these days, it's not about like, if you have the entire world looking at you, but you don't even know who you are yourself it means nothing. Yep. And so for me, I'm blessed that it's taken a lot longer and it's come at a slower pace because it's just, it's allowed me to kind of figure out who I am and kind of navigate all the craziness. So it's awesome. Savannah Chrisley, your best days are ahead of you. I know that I believe that. And I can't wait to see how you use your platform for kindness, for second chances, for selfless love. I know you're about those things, and I know you're going to use your platform and your life to to spread those things. And I I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to be a part of that. And uh, we are just completely for you and really proud of you. Thank you so much. That means the world. Like I said, hey, I still say I truly do not believe I would be where I am today if it wasn't for walking in that church that day, hearing your first sermon and coming back for more and having that life-altering experience. Oh, so. Well, you're very kind. Well, thank you. I've, I've counted a, a great pleasure to be a friend of yours. And like I said, I just can't wait to see how God uses you. Thank you. Thank you.